Do open houses work or are they just another tool for your real estate agent to meet new potential clients? We'll have more on that uh, coming up in just a few minutes with Vancouver's Love It or List It, Todd Talbot. Also, uh, what happens when you don't have a home inspection? What's the potential fallout to the buyer? We'll have an expert on that in just a handful of minutes. But right now, John, what are the big five stories we're talking about on Vancouver Real Estate Today? Ian, as the city of Vancouver studies short-term rental sites like Airbnb, the company that is skyrocketing in popularity is hosting these things called meetups around the city. They're trying to encourage prospective hosts to list their units through their online site. Dunbar Airbnb host educator Linda Williams welcomed about a dozen strangers into her home and she provided information on how this all works. An attendee who asked not to be identified says she bought a two-bedroom, two-bath, 1,000-square-foot condo in Coal Harbor as an investment property and plans to rent it out for more than $300 a night or 6000 a month. We asked how much she thinks she would have made renting it compared to Airbnb monthly. Uh, I don't know because this is my first time, so I'm not sure, but I'm hoping maybe a couple of thousand more, 5500 6000 yeah. So nearly 6000 and we asked why she thinks she can get that much for it. Because it's a very central location. It's right in downtown, heart of downtown. And uh, I was looking around and everything was booked in that neighborhood up to September. We asked if she was concerned this type of activity will take away rental stock in Vancouver, adding to the housing shortage. Well, not everybody wants to put in the work, so... I don't think it's going to affect it. There's so many apartments getting built. So it's like saying that, oh, if you open more, I don't know, more businesses, then that's it. It's like limiting the businesses. You can't limit the business as long as you pay taxes and you treat it as a business. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's any problem. I don't, I don't see it as a problem. Mm-hmm. As the city of Vancouver studies short-term rental sites like Airbnb, we asked Vancouver Mayor Gregor Robertson about this message to host to not worry about city bylaws. That would be uh, very concerning if Airbnb is in fact communicating that. Uh, We are working with them to uh, resolve some of the uh, issues and the data uh, in terms of how many uh, households here are part of Airbnb. They've worked with other cities successfully to to, uh, regulate and ensure that uh, there isn't a loss of rental housing that's uh, impacting the, the market. And that's what our concern is. We, we want to make sure we got rental housing available. And uh, obviously, we're losing some to Airbnb rentals, but there are some benefits as well. So we're working with the company. Uh, hopefully, they're not uh, saying this kind of stuff uh, and actually compounding the problem. Ian, last week, we talked about the new rules to curb shadow flipping in home sales. I've spoken to several lawyers and all the big firms, and everybody's just shaking their head going, this is just a political hot potato, and they've changed legislation. I don't think that it was the right decision, at least for the commercial sector. Yeah, what we didn't talk about is the unnecessary burden on the commercial real estate sector, according to Mark Goodman, an agent with HQ Commercial uh, Realty in Vancouver. He says contract assignments are a daily occurrence in his field. He says at least 90% of his clients assign the contract to a holding company, a bear trust or other corporate entity for management and also for tax reasons. So what's happening is they're taking a small group of realtors that are assigning contracts for a profit, and they're taking that issue and they're projecting it on the entire real estate. And I think it's going to hurt us. 
Denton's commercial real estate lawyer, Arnon Dachner, says commercial clients are usually represented by lawyers. And so a strict one-size-fits-all regulation may not be appropriate for a commercial context. As we told you, new rules mean realtors who draft offers to buy property must include two separate terms about contract assignment in the offer. One requires the seller's consent to transfer the contract. The other requires any resulting profit to be returned to the original seller. Well, also a big story out this week. It marks the beginning of a 10-year journey to transform this region into a truly international space. We have so many things going for us. But the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade says the Conference Board of Canada report into Greater Vancouver clearly shows there are some challenges in the region that we need to solve. President and CEO Ian Black says on the positive side, the port of Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Airport are clearly economic powerhouses here. But Black says the region must act to address uh, one issue like housing affordability, also the lack of young people and also an inability to attract talented workers. We must stop thinking parochially. We have to start thinking as a region and have the rules that we expect our businesses to follow. Those who create employment, uh, we have to get them all on the same page for everyone's betterment. This very extensive Conference Board of Canada study of Greater Vancouver determined foreign buyers have at least some influence on the real estate market. That is clearly lacking though to determine the extent of the issue but the report says uh, that it's clear that outflows of wealth from China have at least some influence on the Greater Vancouver housing market. With what data could crunch the Conference Board of Canada determining a substantial number of real estate buyers somehow do not seem to need local jobs or a mortgage to buy up properties. It also notes that when the Chinese economy is surging, as it has in the past, its residents have the wealth to buy up Vancouver housing. And the report uh, also says one solution is for uh, real estate prices to be curtailed by either reducing demand or increasing housing supply. If it is foreign buyers driving up prices, then the report says one option is to restrict the ability to buy for non-residents, as has happened in Australia and Denmark. But that approach, as we know, is a controversial one. Another interesting solution floated by this report is for significant pay hikes in a region it found that had low household after-tax incomes compared with 20 other regions. However, that is easier said than done, as the report says, to reach the average price-to-income ratio Housing prices would have to be cut in half, or local incomes would need to double. Or if you compare Greater Vancouver to Toronto, this region's housing prices would have to drop by a third, or average incomes increase by almost 50%. Incredible. Stats Canada, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, even the BC government are all now gathering much-needed data on foreign buyers. I have more on this coming up, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but those are some of the big stories this week. Yeah, John, how about taxing people? Yeah. That's an idea. We talked about that last week. Yeah, uh, that's what I'd like to see happen. I, we need people to move here. We, the population's aging. We, we heard about that this past week. Uh, we're not going to have enough people to work in, in the stores or in the different jobs that these people are doing. So it's not a question of, of immigration. It's a question of everybody paying their fair share. What a concept. Now, if you're looking to buy a home in this hot market, what are the possible consequences of not having a home inspection? We'll get right into that when we come back on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. 
Paul Friesen and uh, his team at I Find It Inspections provide professional home inspections, townhouse inspections, condo, mobile homes. They also do mold inspections, too. Uh, we asked Mr. Friesen to join us to talk about something we haven't seen for quite some time. That is where potential property buyers waive the subjects, including home inspections, with the thought it would give them some leverage in case of bidding. Uh, that's how hot the market is. Morning and welcome. Good morning, Ian. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Um, We've got a lot to cover, so let's try and go through this uh, fairly quickly. This is some of the fundamentals that I want to get out of the way to start with. And what what do you see as your role as a a home inspector? Well, right now with our market, um, we we are seeing a really big slowdown in our industry, um, and that's from so many people going foregoing the inspection due to uh, the, the amount of bidding wars going on, um, not having enough time to hire an inspector. Um, we're, we're seeing a really big significance. Going on. Some guys are down around 50% from last year already. I understand that, Paul, but what is the role of a home inspector? Uh, perhaps well, if we could explain that, maybe we can boost your business a bit. Sure, right. Well, as a professional home inspector, what I'm looking for and what we do, we do a conditional assessment on the home. So we're looking for the major systems electrical, plumbing, structural, roof, heating, and cooling. As we go through the home and look for these defects, we also run along other stuff that give us an indication of how the home is performing overall. That lets us tell the potential buyer, these are the things that's going to cost you money in the future. These are the safety concerns. Sometimes they don't want to buy the house after that. Sometimes they're like, great, good to know. Now we can get those things fixed. So it's providing buyers peace of mind. So they can go into this huge financial transaction with a good, comfortable decision. But what happens in the case where a home inspector misses something, uh, a leak in a boiler or a, a roof that may end up needing replacement two weeks after the, the people have moved in? These kinds of things happen all the time. What's the recourse? Is there any at all? Well, I, I don't know if they happen all the time. I have heard of these horror stories, and that's kind of a home inspector's worst fear is missing something. We are often only given a few hours to do the inspection. We have thousands of things to look at, and we have Consumer Protection BC. that We have a guideline that we follow, and our job is actually not to miss anything, hence the name of our inspection company, I Find Inspections. <laughs> so we're looking for these things, but if we miss them, then you know we can we have the chance to make it right with uh, with the buyer, or they can pursue legal action. But if the seller has covered those things up and they knew about it, now there's a responsibility on them. So that will also get assessed by a professional, and someone else, maybe a third party, will come in and say, "Hey, maybe you knew about this and you painted over this mold, mm-hmm. or you covered up that foundation crack." Now we have a different scenario where. You know, latent defects are different than patent defects, which are just negligence from a home inspector missing it. So what's the possible consequence of missing out? Let's say uh, I'm looking at a home, I remove the subjects, I waive uh, any possible home inspection. What consequences might I be facing? Well, if you waive your home inspection and you move in, um, uh, here's the prime example. The other week I had one. There was three leaking balconies that the buyer didn't know about it, and he bought it subject free with no inspection he was in a rush to get it now he's looking at tens of thousand dollars of worth of damage that was already present but he never got a home inspection to have a look and i was easily able to identify those within the first hour so 
it's a huge risk you're taking because you're not, it's like buying a car and just sitting in the seat without turning it on and taking it for a drive. How do you know what's wrong? The Canadian um, Association of Home and Property Inspectors, BC, which is the light, one of two licensing bodies in BC, uh, Executive Director Helen Barton believes there will be rampant litigation as a result uh, between buyers, sellers, and realtors over the next few years after these buyers are faced with thousands of dollars of unexpected deficiencies because if you're maxed out on your credit card and you need a new roof or a boiler or a HVAC system and that costs a lot of money, you may be strapped because you've stretched your credit too far. There could be a lot of litigation. Do you agree with that? 100% I do. I think we're going to start seeing that uh, fairly shortly just because this market is not slowing down. I can't see it getting any better unless they start sellers or possible live-in listing agents extend the times to allow professional inspector to come through. It's just, it's a risk for everyone, even if the sellers don't know there is a problem. That's why we've been doing this. Why, that's why it's such an established industry. A lot of guys have been doing this for a long time. There's, there's a reason why you have an inspection. Uh, we hear and, and we cover stories a lot of how uh, rules in the real estate market need to be changed, and, and some, of course, recently were. In your industry, what type of things do you think need to be changed or addressed? Well, as far as like, the legal rules, I think giving buyers uh, a fair play on having home inspectors come in. Monday's our biggest day because Saturday, Sunday is an open house. Then they have about 24 hours after they've seen the house on Sunday to hire a home inspector and get subject removed Monday night. If they could extend that a week or two weeks for them to have a professional home inspector come in, take a look, give them an idea, uh, basically a, a visual snapshot of their home with a great written report so they know what they're buying, that's going to help everyone in the long run, especially financially and the buyers. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to be an advantage. Paul, what about these walkthrough inspections that many buyers are now asking for? Uh, so in other words, there's no physical report that is issued. However, somebody will do a walkthrough during, let's say, an open house. You, you, you can't. That's not even, uh, it's not even legal with our Consumer Protection BC. You have to provide a written report. You have to do a full inspection. You can't do j- just a, a visual walkthrough. Many times it takes me an hour or so, sometimes two hours, of trying to figure out a problem because I see the problem, but now I need to find out what is causing the problem. So those, are, are, those should not be done. I forewarn any buyer that they should not put their faith in someone that's going to walk through an open house and tell them whether or not they should buy the house based on that. And for and it's not even legal. Do you see a lot of that happening now? I hear about it. Um, we don't do it. I know, well, if you're struggling and you're down 50%, you're going to be looking for ways mm-hmm. to kind of build up a few dollars to so recoup that. You would so say it's a common problem though right now? I, I don't know how, I haven't heard a uh, um, enough for it to be a, a really big problem, but I have heard of it. Yeah. But it exists, okay. Yeah, It, it does exist, yes. Uh, just back to what John was asking you a moment ago about rules and that. Uh, in March, uh, Consumer Protection BC, uh, by the way, we've invited them on this program many times, but uh, apparently they have nobody who works on the weekend. That, But home inspections do happen on the weekend, do they not? Yes. Yeah. Uh, consumer right. protection. The, apparently, that they're not available on the weekend, which is which is really a sad because we'd like to hear their their side of it. But they did introduce some new rules in March. Um, any comment on those new rules or anything that they might have missed that that should have been included? Well, 
they're, they're, that, that what's happening right now is not it's not a a pretty popular topic with the home inspectors of what they want to do. They want to go back to pre-2009 where the home inspectors will not be aligned with an association. So right now with Home Inspection Association of BC, formerly CAPI, the Canadian Home Association, we have these regulations, these guidelines, these training sessions, these programs. Um, I'm one of the trainers. And we go through this, uh, these detailed uh, um, meetings that we have, quarterly general meetings, and all this information helps us to stay relevant in the industry. The Consumer Protection BC hasn't stated what they're going to do, what their plan is. All we know is they want to take over. So we're still waiting to hear back. Um, that's that's a that's in the works, Ian. Okay, what are some of the uh, in our last minute here? Um, just a little heads up uh, for anybody looking right now at property. What are some of the most common deal breakers that you find uh, as a home inspector? The biggest one I would say would be foundational problems, structural problems. Um, if you walk around the outside, the drainage, where is your house sitting? Are you in a valley? Can water come in easily accessible over top of the foundation? What's the soil like if you're sitting on a hill? Is there lots of erosion? Uh, water issues. I tell everybody when you're walking to an open house, look around the baseboards in the basement mm-hmm. for water damage. What's the cost of a home inspection, Paul? Right now we charge around $500 for a twenty five to 3,000 square foot house plus and- tax. And you're at ifinditinspections.ca. Yes, sir. ifinditinspections.ca. Appreciate your time, Paul. Thank you very much, Ian. I really appreciate it. No worries. Uh, we'll have you on again. Paul Friesen, I Find It Inspections. Uh, good chat about uh, having a home inspection and the potential consequence of not having one. Vancouver Real Estate Today, back in just a moment. If you've got a comment or something you want to join in on, we'll open up the phone for a moment or so to hear some pushback from you at 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Have you had a home inspection? Do you believe they're good or are they just a waste of time? Let us know. Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Have you ever been to an open house, lots of people milling about, and you've got the real estate agent talking to each and every single one like they're their best new friend? Is is open house a, a tool for an agent to get more customers, essentially? We'll talk about that with Todd Talbot in just a few minutes from Vancouver, or Love It or List It Vancouver. Todd Talbot will join us in a moment. We have an open line if you want to join us on anything that we've been talking about, or you can join us about stuff we're going to talk about, 604 280 9898 or star 9898. John, there's another indication of the impact of the crazy housing market that is here in Metro Vancouver. Yeah, and Ian, this uh, really plays to to, to myself. Uh, 93% of millennials say that uh, home ownership, unaffordable. 66% say rent, unaffordable. 8 in 10 say they expect to be here in five years. Doesn't make much sense, does it? (laughs) Uh, That's because they say the sacrifices they're willing to make. And this was a Van City survey. It found almost uh, two-thirds of the 18 to 24-year-olds questioned still live at home. Uh, I know you have kids, Ian. Could be the case there. I'm not sure. Well, almost one quarter of the 25 to 35-year-olds are still living at home as well. So a very um, interesting survey I found anyway coming out of Van City. And yet I spoke uh, last weekend to Phil Legree, who's a realtor on the North Shore, and he said that there 
a lot of millennials aren't getting into the market, but they have to, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds like, you know, I'm waving the finger, but I'm not. And this, this is not a wagging finger story, but the expectation needs to be lowered. You can get into a decent apartment, condominium in a decent area that needs a little bit of paint, a little bit of shine for $250,000, which I know it's still a lot of money, but it's doable if you're a millennial and you have a full-time job. Get what he his argument is, I think, is to get into the market and then you work your way up. Once you start building that equity, it, it because the market's hot, it will happen fairly quickly. And this idea that rent's unaffordable is same same thing can be said. Find a place to rent in a in a cheaper area if you're on a transit line, doesn't matter where you yeah. are. You don't have to be right in you know, False Creek or in the village. Well, we heard the story on the Linda Steele show this past week uh, where people have rented out a mansion and basically have people sharing space in a big house. There's lots of, you've got to start thinking of new ways to find a place to live, whether it's as a renter, as an owner, or what have you. There are very, uh, there's a multitude of things that you can do if you're at the least bit creative. Uh, this is interesting too, and this is happening in, I think, 20 minutes time. Uh, with the City of Vancouver's report card on homelessness only just a few days away, our Homes Canada Wait campaign is hosting what they call a paint-in for social housing. Uh, the paint-in is taking place at 58 West Hastings today. That's one of the Vancouver Affordable Housing Agency's seven sites that are slated for affordable housing. The paint-in is a rejection of the uh, plan for the site, as they say only 15% of the new units will be available and be affordable to low-income and homeless people on welfare. Uh, Gene Swanson, one of the advocates who will be down there as well. And uh, another story I found interesting with all of the wildfires going on, Ian, we know it's a, it's a scary situation in Alberta, also in B.C., uh, with so many Western Canada pushed out of their homes because of the wildfires. One insurance expert says it's a reminder that having insurance makes it easier to pick up the pieces when disaster happens. Aaron Sutherland's a spokesperson with the Insurance Brokers of Canada saying, many renters don't realize the value of what they own. Uh, tenants are less inclined to purchase insurance often because they don't feel they have enough belongings worth insuring. He says, uh, trust me, you do. Yeah, you know, insurance, it's one of those things that you you don't think about until the bill comes and you think it's never going to happen to me until it does. I've gone through the experience. I carried insurance for the longest time, never, ever made a claim, and then I flooded out my, my basement floor, and I'm so <laughs> happy that I had insurance. Nothing upsets me more when I hear these stories, and you read them on the news all the time, when there's been a fire or some misfortune, some terrible thing that's happened, and a family's been wiped out, and they have no recourse but the community. Thank God for the community. But having that insurance, if it's good insurance you'll land a little bit softer, I hope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we have so many uh, good stories this week. We, we talked about the Conference Board of Canada earlier and, and Ian Black, the uh, president and CEO, um, saying, uh, president and CEO of the um, Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, uh, saying a lot of things about that report. He says it's the most comprehensive report they've ever done. And uh, he says, you know, we have four to five years really to address issues like housing affordability and also uh, the lack of, of young MP, uh, young people in the region and something we talked about earlier. We'll stop for a moment, John, and come back with Todd Talbot from Love It or List at Vancouver. We're going to talk about open house. Does it work or is it just a tool for realtors? That's next on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW.
one of the things I forgot, uh, Todd's gone, but one of the things I forgot to mention that last week or this past week, I saw some behind the scenes uh, still shots of season four of Love It or List in Vancouver. And how... Uh, how... It, these kids are crazy. They're out of control. <laughs> um, Todd Talbot and Jillian Harris, the show could not be more popular. And, you know, they also have Love It or List It that runs in the States on HGTV. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah, they're, they're popular. They're doing very well. Well, I'll tell you this. I was in Ontario uh, not so long ago, and we watched it there. We didn't watch Ontario Love It or List It. We, oh, is that right? We watched the Vancouver So you watched the Vancouver oh, version. because everyone's just not obsessed with this market, but people are just curious. Yeah. And... and Obviously, Todd and Jillian do a great job, but uh, you know, people just want to know about BC and the, yeah. and the market. So, when I watch the show, it's kind of like watching a movie that's been filmed in Vancouver. You always want to know where is that? Where is that? If you don't like immediately recognize the area, you wonder where is that? That could be on my stream. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. my place? <laughs> uh, well, John, what else is going on in uh, in real estate? Well, I, I want to talk more about uh, the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade and the Conference Board of Canada reporting because this was a huge story. Uh, I got to give Shane Woodford a lot of credit. He he you know he read pages and pages and pages of this report and and broke it down very nicely. Uh, for all of us, uh, basically, the extensive study of Greater Vancouver determined, Ian, that uh, foreign buyers have at least some influence on the real estate market. Data clearly lacking to determine the extent, but the report saying it's clear outflows of wealth from China have at least some influence on the Greater Vancouver housing market. Nobody's surprised by that. Uh, with the data, it could crunch the Conference Board of Canada determining a substantial number of real estate uh, buyers somehow do not need to have local jobs. Or a mortgage to buy a property. And now the interesting stuff to me is coming up here. And it notes that when the Chinese economy is surging, as it has in the past, uh, residents have the wealth to buy housing here. Uh, also notes that uh, when it's slow, it could mean a cooling in our market. Uh, that makes sense, of course. But uh, the report says one solution is for real estate prices to be curtailed by other, uh, either reducing demand or increasing housing supply. Um, interesting solution floated by the report is that for significant pay hikes in a region, it found that uh, it had low household after-tax incomes compared with 20 other regions. So uh, it's easier said than done, as the report says, to reach the average price-to-income ratio. Housing prices here would have to be cut in half. This, to me, is just shocking. So to reach that average price-to-income ratio in Vancouver, you have to cut in half the housing prices, or for your income, Ian, has to go double of what you make now just to have that yeah. average price to income ratio. The thing that you keep saying, John, that, that strikes me, and we've been begging for this, and that's better data. That there's, there's data here, there's data there, but there's no consistent data that's being shared among all parties. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this data is something that the government should have that should be available for all of us to look so that we can make definitive uh, conclusions rather than sort of speculating. And you, you said something very interesting just now. You said easier said than done. Well, if we have the correct data, we can act upon it and make things happen, like increasing supply rather than decreasing demand. We don't necessarily have to do that, but that income uh, ratio is is a key factor too for people living in this market. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, now <laughs> Stats Canada, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, even the BC government are all gathering uh, much-needed data on foreign buyers in the market. And of course, everybody knows that that's a, a hot-button issue. And uh, just a, a very good report here that if, if you really want to learn more, I encourage you to go to cknw.com, uh, read all the good work that uh, Shane Woodford put into this story, 
and, and uh, lent to us here on the real estate uh, real estate today. Appreciate that, John. Thank you so much. Matt Highland is our technical producer today. Uh, my name is Ian Power. Thank you for joining us. We'll do this again next weekend on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW.